This week, we're asking a question, what is Ion Triangle in project management? What are the things that define the success of the project? And how you could avoid project failure in your project? Those are the questions that we're asking. Please stay tuned. Let's take a journey together. Let's start here. Yes, we are happy that um, we are now in a ceasefire moment. Um, congrats to the Egyptian team leading these uh, negotiations up to a point where we can say now we have a ceasefire. But I must say there was a, there was a bit of a gap. How do you negotiate a ceasefire that is put with three hours gap. The question is what happens within that three hours? Um, there could still be some bombardment, tension could still escalate. Why don't you go for a situation where you could say with immediate effect? But nevertheless, uh, congrats to the Egyptian team for leading such, and we are happy with the situation now as it is. But the question is, who really won? I mean, we've got almost 250 people who were killed. We've got uh, properties destroyed to a value of more than 1 billion US dollar. Who really win here? I mean, how much did you win? We really win. But I think maybe Prime Minister National have a gain. If we had to come to think of it, every time when this, uh, he has got problems, um, somehow violence erupt. I mean, recently or now he has got issues that relates to failing to put up a government after election. He has got um, some legal issues um, uh, concerning corruption and fraud charges and all that. And when you look at um, um, those people that uh, have been charged and, uh, you know, sentenced in the past, considering the magnitude of these issues, he could go. But I think the gain here is that he wanted to remain as a premiership. And that way he could then make certain changes in the law that could exonerate him. But I think he won in that fact. But um, there's also something that I feel he lost a bit. He has got discussion with Biden, which was um, calling for a you know, ceasefire. But unfortunately, he really set aside those discussions and those decisions and still continue with bombardments. So I think there he could have created some he created some, you know, some tension and knowing Biden and after spending at least 48, hour, 48 years in government, he, he has got a way he could punish him maybe in future. Maybe that is a loss that I feel he might have suffered. 
But there's something interesting that also happened there. I mean, look at the situation during those times where people felt like they can't even bath anymore because they don't want the situation where um, while they're still bathing, I mean, there's um, you know um, um, a bomb and then it's a collapse and the rescue team could find them um, um, naked. They couldn't take that chance. Um, similarly, when it comes to sleeping, people were sleeping with their their clothes, uh, fearing that when they are sleeping, something could happen, and when the rescue team coming to rescue them, could find them in a compromised situation. I think that was just bad. But anyway, um, with that said, let's get into business. What is the Iron Triangle? The Iron Triangle has many names. Others refer to it as triple constraints. But what matters is considering the Iron Triangle brings value to your project. Now, let's look at it. In that triangle, you have what we call time at the top, um, which is um, which referred to shadow. On the um, bottom left, you've got what we call cost, which other people could um, refer to as budget or resources because resources it needs to be paid for as well. And on the bottom right, you've got what we call quality. And others, mostly in America, refer to that as scope. So that is the iron triangle. Now, what is the implication of the iron triangle? The implication is that once you decide on a scope and then you assign the time to such a scope with the required costing, the triangle gets locked. In other words, it becomes rigid. And as you know, triangles in nature are rigid. What do I mean about that? What I'm trying to say is, let's say the owner, somebody wants you to build them a house. They define the scope and say, we want a simple house, flat, with this number of rooms. Now the scope is set. You then come in and say, considering the scope, I will need this number of resources in terms of human resource, in terms of building, and um, this will require this house will require such material resources, and then of course you get the costing for that. Then you say, this type of a scope with this type of material could require a particular timeline. Then you define that. So once you do that, everything matches within the triangle. The time is aligned to the scope. The scope is aligned to the costing. The costing is still aligned within the times. So the three are talking. It's now locked. It works in that manner and it can be achieved that way. Now, what happens if the owner changes and say, I want a double story, big one. Then the scope has changed. So it means the time as it was decided on then can't work. If you try to force it, you'll be cutting corners and that will result into project failure. 
And then again, the costing, as defined then, won't work. If you try to force it, it means you're using poor materials, which results again, results again in project fail. So because of such scope creep, the entire triangle then changes. So it means that it's important to define your scope right first hand so that you prevent um, scope creep. And um, if ever there's a scope creep, it should be something that doesn't necessarily lead to a significant change which warrant the changes across the triangle. But also, once again, if there's a need for a scope creep, that should be done formally through a scope change request, and that should be evaluated to see if indeed it doesn't affect the triangle and therefore be approved if indeed there's a need and be managed in that manner. By the way, the iron triangle is also called the triangle of balance. What does it mean? It means one item within the three balances the others. And if you want to make a change in another one, that change can constrain the other one. Therefore, it has to be made in at least one of those two items left. So the iron triangle is rigid and you have to manage that balance amongst the three. But the question is, can a project really be, you know, carried out with the first-hand defined triangle as it is? In other words, with the same schedule as put out in the first, first schedule blend, with the same costing as put out then, and then, of course, achieving the same quality as intended then. Well, the answer is very few do that, but some do, mostly the small ones. But the big ones, although there are no changes, experience told that it's very difficult sometimes to get to a point where you define your timeline correctly. There are, you know, because there are certain dependencies that are outside your control. But at the same time, the cost, if it's a longer project, the costs do change annually sometimes, and that could affect the changes. So what I'm trying to say is most of the small projects could be achieved within the set triangle as original as it was, while with the bigger ones, there could be certain changes, mostly in your time and your costing, even without changing the scope. Now, from what we just seen now in a triangle, the question is, how do you, have, how do you prevent project failure? I think, number one, you have to define your project correctly. From your business case, your objectives, your scope, everything has to be done properly, first right. 
If you happen to do that, it will be easier to also assign the timeline. As I said, for a bigger project, it's so difficult to assign timeline. But with a correct scoped project, even if there's a gap in a timeline, but that timeline could be, might not be by over two years or five years. It's certainly going to be a difference of days and months. With the scope defined correctly, it's easier to also assign the costing. You know, costing in terms of human resource, costing in terms of um, material resources, but also looking at the changes, uh, depending on how long the project is going to take, changes in prices, and of course having contracts beforehand to avoid you know, contracts beforehand fixed to avoid changes in prices and see how that, you know, goes. And I think if you do that, you know, chances are that your project will be a success. But there's also another thing that is important. That is now paying more attention to political, you know, political, political dimensions the changes in your political environment is very crucial to pay attention to it so that you can align the project accordingly, but at the same time, looking into your stakeholders. You know, look at their needs, understand what they would want to benefit from the project. Instead of uh, taking an approach to manage stakeholders, why don't you take an approach to engage the stakeholders? You give them the respect that they need. And I think with that attitude, since the people that really normally define a project, whether it's failing or not, are those stakeholders. If you engage them as opposed to managing them, chances are that you would have all their desire in your outcome and therefore your project will be a success. I think this topic is uh, exciting. And I think we need a view from one of the friends of the show. Uh, we seem to have Takaran Rajirani here. Welcome to the show, Taki. In your view, why do you think projects fail? And uh, what are the things that could be done to avoid such failure? I think projects fail because of scope creep, where the sponsor or the client or the end user will change the scope or have additional requirements that were initially not part of the scope at a planning phase. So that have um, have a biggest contributing factor towards uh, project failure. And also, I also think there isn't enough time spent during planning. we quick to execute, we're rushing to, to start um, executing the project instead of spending enough time planning the project, what we want to do, how we want to do it, and also doing lesson learned from other projects that that are similar. So, uh, and also the other thing that um, I, I think also contribute to um, the the project failure is. Uh, 
that there's a lot of interference from leadership, if I can put it that way. Uh, you end up having so many project managers instead of uh, one appointed project manager managing the project. You then have to deal with a lot of um, interferences from uh, leadership um, and also external factors as well contribute to that. And I also think um, at planning phase, stakeholders are not identified correctly or all the critical stakeholders are not identified as they're supposed to. And towards the end or at completion, then you realize that there's one key stakeholder that was not part of the project in the beginning who have different um needs or requirements and also then will set back the project. And the second part of the question is what can be done uh, differently? I think there, there needs to be enough time allocated to project planning and also let project managers manage the project and leadership should refrain from interfering uh, during project uh, planning and execution. Their inputs are more than welcome, but also they need to know their 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 place and their and their role in the project. They have appointed the project manager for a reason, and he must be allowed to do his or her job. And in conclusion, there there are also successful projects. Uh, there's one in particular that has been in the news. Um, Late last year, uh, is the Soltech project in, in Centurion. The project was, um, completed, uh, within plan time. I think it was completed within 15 months and also within budget. Uh, the initial budget was, uh, 300 million and at completion, the total cost of the project was around, uh, 2 million. So as much as they are more failed project, they are also successful projects. Thank you. There you have it. That was Dakaran Razidani, a consultant in the rail industry. Thank you so much. We appreciate your view. Now, what are those things that determine the success of the project? I just want to take a few. I want to give you five. The first one is cost. Now, if the project goes beyond the original costing, obviously that can be a successful project. If you look at the likes of uh, Midupi and Kusile, towards completion, completion they are looking at, um, you know, they are. Um, now sitting at um, probably more than 100% overrun when it comes to budget. So that indeed um, doesn't look like a success to me. And it's not only that one. If you look at Caltrain as well, it was beyond the original budget by far. If you look at um, various projects within water affairs, they are also beyond the original budget by far. So indeed, 
the cost indeed determines a success of the project. The second thing that I want to look at um, is the schedule or time. If a project is uh, earmarked to be finished in this particular year and then it goes by five years or more, that indeed can be a success. And once again, if you look at the likes of Midubi, they started uh, way back in 2007-2009. Part of them, mostly they are not even finished even by now. There are certain reactors that are not working. Um, there are certain um, systems that are not in operation. There are certain things that are still being redesigned. So that again is not a success. A project of that magnitude within two years or three should have been done. But now we are sitting to we are sitting um, close to almost um, should be fifteen years or more. That is not a success. Again, quality is another thing that uh, determines the success. Good example again. Uh, you, uh, you know, I Midubi and Kusile, and looking at uh, Midubi mostly, um, we had um, the issue that uh, talks to designs. You know, the, the designs are flawed, and therefore certain things can be the way they were planned. That is not quality. These should be should have been done in a way that um, the project will realize its um, its own benefit. But if the designs are not, you know, put down correctly, therefore the quality is in question. The other thing that determines the success of a project is the stakeholders. The people who you want to offer a service in the end, after that project is realized, are they happy? Are we getting what um, we're supposed to get out of your project? Is it receiving or realizing all the benefits that were set in the beginning? If, if the answer is no, then that project has not been a success. The last thing that I want to mention that again determines the success of the project is what we call an alignment to business case. Remember we had a business case in the beginning of the project. That business case set certain objective. Uh, there were set um, you know, goals. There were set uh, benefits to realize. Now the question is, in the end, is the project still aligned to the original business case or not? If the answer is no, therefore that project is indeed not a success. As I leave you, please take a listen. This is where you're going to get some help. For any assistance with regards to project management, business, environmental studies, risk assessment, and many more, Please contact Mutondo Consulting on 064-843-0070 
or you can email us on nibuo at mutondoconsulting.co.za. Until next week, keep listening to the show. Subscribe. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Bye.